Episode 107 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan, myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, you're looking awful dapper today. You've, uh, I see your wife's cut your hair. The, the, the council have cut it. Somebody's cut that thing. Still have it. That about? Doing the cu- <laughs> a council cut. That's what it is. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was enough. Was enough. Do you know what? The, the, the final nail in the coffin was getting the piss taken out of me by Andy Butcher. So I thought, uh, so that very night I ordered some clippers and yeah, yesterday yeah. Fiona shot, shot, took it off, which is good. Next day delivery as well, yeah. Well, do you know what? For all these people who say, oh, you can't get hold of clippers for love and money, when I looked into it, it's easy to get hold of them. I got them delivered in two days, so I'm not really sure what the, 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 the concern's about. But yeah, it's good to get it chopped. Oh, definitely. Well, you're looking awful smart. I see you've got a little, uh, a, wee, a wee ginger ultra beard going on, going on there as well, have you? Yeah, lo- lockdown beard, yeah. It's not, not quite an ultra beard yet. And it's it's not, not it bad, is ginger, though, I... unfortunately. Yeah, I know. How can it be ginger when your hair is black? That's, that's a bit a bit. Well, I, I, I think I've got ginger in the ginger jeans in me, unfortunately. So, Fa- Father Brian has got some ginger jeans in the mizzy. It's actually my mum's side is where oh, is the, the ginger is. Yeah. Yeah. But you well, must have the same I, concern. I mean, you're a, you're a sort of, you're that kind of strawberry blonded, balloon, fair hair that, I mean, you must have a bit of a concern there. I do. <laughs> I'm hoping Logan's not ginger as the cap, right, you know, the, that sort of ripe ginger, but uh, they're dying nothing breed wrong, anyway. Nothing so. wrong with gingers though. No, there's not, not at all. Uh, I was going to say, talking about gingers, we ain't got any ginger guests on. <laughs> no, we haven't. We're we, all uh, talking of ginger. I did a... Uh, well, come. Uh, I was there's a review now on the TRS website. I was out on. I was I on the that. active route again yesterday. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, so we checked out on the TRS website. But it was. A good, well, I'm uh, looking forward good. to getting uh, getting hold of the the, the gels because um, my my big reveal. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll need them uh, quite quite a lot for many hours. Um, so yes, I'm looking forward to that. But talking about, I mean, fueling at the moment. The, the fuel that we're having right now, folks, is. Uh, Tommy is sitting down with a tornado, um, a windswept tornado beer, um, and I'm sitting down with a, a cheeky windswept lighthouse. Uh, so how is it for you, Tom? It's going down a treat again. I said it last week. This is the same this week. I've just come in for a run, so the old best when you've earned it is is very true now. And yeah, it's just going down well. It's a single hop Citra, Citra IPA, 6.7%. It's um, a bit more... It's a bit more bang to it than the 6.7 Aurora that was on last week which was quite light yeah it's, it's nice it's going down well man you? the lighthouse sure you're going to be in tatters <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah man. so thanks to uh thanks to to windswept again it's uh you know great brewery we're pleased to work with and yeah we're looking we've actually got their managing director nigel coming on to speak to us next week which will be great um how's the lighthouse going down it's going really well. Um, I've just had a, a wee su- sip of it now. It's a, um, it's a f- thirst-quenching lager with subtle fruit aromas and a clean malt flavour. Um, so now it's really nice, really light for a 5%er. Um, but yeah, going down really well. I feel like I've earned it this today, Tommy. Um, I went out this morning and uh, I, I was sitting in, sitting in my treadmill trying to sort my foot pod out for a swift <laughs> run. <laughs> what a disaster that was. <laughs> I don't think my, my foot pod works with my Garmin, and uh, but hey-ho, I tried. That, nonetheless, um, so I sat down in the treadmill. I sat down for a while trying to figure out how to fix it. Didn't work. So I ended up running for about six to eight miles in the treadmill, and then I, I jumped off, 
grabbed Logie after his breakfast and uh, went for a cheeky wee buggy run. So I've, I feel that I've had uh, a 30 miler today, Tom. And um, nice. I also did some, some circuits in the garden as well with tires. My, my winter wow, tires very rocky. off the car. So it's been a, it's been a, a really productive day for, for the Greg household, that's for sure. Good. What about you? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, I, today I was uh, a double. So this morning we had our first TRS Zwift meetup, which was good crack. So I was out. I was on there this morning with uh, Dylan from Wales and uh, Brian Kinghorn from Aberdeen. So the three of us had a, nice. a wee jog around Watopia, which was good. <laughs> the pace, we started at 7.30s. It was a nice, sociable, easy run. And then poor Brian, I don't think his treadmill goes uh, beyond 7.30s, he was saying. So he got dropped when... <laughs> Uh, Dylan started pushing the pace a wee bit, so it was it was oh, you know it was it's quite entertaining you know just to have someone to run with, run with because we're running away at six you know seven thirties and the minute that there was like a bit of a gap put onto Dylan, of course I'm going to push up, I'm going to up my treadmill, I'm going to increase oh, the yes. speed to catch him. <laughs> so I, I you know it was really good and I actually quite fancy getting a race involved. So anyway, listeners, we're gonna we're gonna get Kyle's uh, foot pod sorted out. Join us. Next week, I mean, I'm I'm going to be on there seven o'clock every Monday. It's a cool way to to um to get to get quickly get a run in, and yeah, we'll we'll maybe do London next time. Do some. Oh, I'll go for a I run like up it. the mile. Oh, so you can run in different places. It's not just Utopia. You can. So, I, well, there's two things I learned last week. One is Swift Run is free, which is amazing. What is it? Oh, so the, the cycling one you pay for, right? And I, oh, so okay, I start. Okay. I used to pay for the cycling one. Started using mm-hmm. Run One last week, and uh, what was what was weird is it said you got twenty five kilometers free left, and I knew the cycling one give you the first twenty five k free, and that's you can burn that in one ride. Anyway, I, I've been running for about a week on this thing. I'm thinking I haven't signed up yet. I'm still running and using it, and I looked into it, and sure enough, you don't pay for Zwift Run. So, um, oh, really? yeah, I mean, I've, oh. I'm not paying for it. I'm using it for about two weeks now, and I've, I've run must have run about. 40 kilometers so listeners if you've got a treadmill on a foot pod jack you're that's all you need for zwift just download the app get involved uh you know even if you have a foot pod a lot of people compare their watch actually and their watch to their laptop and their watch the cadence on your watch can be used so um i think ideally you've got a foot pod or a, or a treadmill sensor but yeah get involved next week um we actually got um one of our elite guests has been in touch um, today asking if they can get involved. So we'll hopefully announce that, that later on in the week. We should be pretty cool. I like cool. it. I like it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm surprised it's free. I was using Debbie's account. So, um, but she's sponsored. She's got um, uh, an account with them. So, mm-hmm. um, but now I'm going to definitely get involved in that. I'll, I'll create my own account and find a, a compatible foot pod that fits uh, with my, my watch because it's um, the Garmin one I'm using. But I don't know if it's like a really, really old foot pod that doesn't uh, match the watch that I was using. So I, I don't know. Mm. There's so many. Te- technology, you know, Tom, isn't, isn't my strong point. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're, we're totally waffling away, but it's all relevant information. I'm sure you've already learned something already, folks. Um, we've got a really exciting episode tonight. Um, so we've got Steph 12 Part 2 coming up this tonight. Uh, we've got... Scottish Athletics chairman Ian B is going to come on and have a, a yap with us for the, the second time. So that's going to be uh, highly entertaining. entertaining. And uh, we're going to do a wee cheeky wee account of the London, 98, London Marathon 1988 as well, aren't we? We are indeed. So yeah, a lot going on. Um, and yeah, we're, uh, it's been a bunch of content. Thanks to everyone who got involved last week with the 
the catch up we had with Andy Butcher, which was really cool on Facebook Live. We'll, we'll see if we can. There's been a few requests coming in, seeing if we can fit that into a podcast form. So we'll see what we can do with it. Um, it will involve somehow extracting it from Facebook. I'm sure we can do that. And and yeah, and the other thing to say is thanks to everyone who's gotten involved so far in supporting us for the National Podcast Awards. We are an absolute David up against Goliath. We're I'm sure that some of these big popular podcasts are going to run in, but you never know. So vote for us for the listener's choice it would be amazing. We'd be so grateful if we can do that. Just Google National Podcast Awards, log your vote, get your mum to vote, get your granny to vote, get your dog to vote. That you know, we'll uh, we'll be eternally grateful. Let's see what we can do. Let's get TRS on the map. <laughs> yes, let's get them on the map. And uh, do you know where we're standing or anything, Tom? Because I think you. I have no idea. No, no idea. I mean, no, it, it doesn't. You um, you don't actually. The results don't come in until mid. The window's open till mid July, so there's a bit of time, and we'll see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyway, so Kyle, kicking off the week then. How's your training going? Well, my training's been going all right. I mean, uh, like you know, like I said, uh, I've I, I I haven't revealed what my bag is. I am going to reveal it next week. Um, I'm just wanting cool. to put a few things in place. I was going okay. to reveal it tonight, but I've got the fear that um, if it if if I get if I get if I get a setback, yeah, then I've I've I've, I've put it on the show. But I I'm a hundred percent all in for this um, this huge challenge that I've set myself. Um, and uh, but yeah, the training hasn't really been specific as such. It's just been general mileage, easy running. Starting to get on the treadmill a little bit more, um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite good getting out and about in some of the some of the trails around Afford. And you know, this is the first week that we've met where I like to go a little bit venture a little bit further away. But to be honest, Tom, I haven't really been that excited by going too far away from where I am because the amount of nuggets on the trails and you know all these hot spots is. You know, I don't. I just want to do my own sort of, you know, run in my home turf and, you know, find the quiet spaces, the quiet spots and, and run there. So, um, so yeah, it's been all right. One thing, though, I went for a run this morning, right, after did a buggy run. This COVID idiot comes along, jumps, runs over the bridge, right? A runner this is, right? Has his headphones in, wearing his football shorts, runs on the pavement. So I've got right away, because I'm, I'm on the pavement with the buggy and, He's um he's running over the bridge, but naturally all he had to do was to continue running on the road. There's no cars in the country road, but he decided to swing in, swing in where I'm where I'm running, and uh, he, it's quite hard to describe. But essentially, he should have kept running straight ahead, because but he decided to brush past me during his run, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, I, I shouted at him, and he never heard me because he had this stupid, big, muffy Eminem, you know, those headphones I've got. I was kicking off big time, Tom. It's the first time that I've re- been hu- I've been raging with somebody. Uh, and it was a runner, and, I, you know, they're, they're likely not listening to Tartan Running Shorts. But if they are, don't listen to it. You're not welcome in this, uh, this community, this running community. Go back to your football or go back to your sport that you're playing. If you can't handle going out in the country roads and, and not adhering to the social distancing, piss off and stay in the house and play the PlayStation. Oh, I was mad, Tom. I was absolutely wow. mad. And, uh, and then, you know, Debbie was saying she went for a cycle today and up the Lord's throat. And it was just absolutely riddled with cars all over the road, 
the cars didn't have a clue where the cyclists were going. And the road's single, you know, it's a single track road at the best of time, and most of it anyway. And she almost got hit, but she was she was actually she was fine. But um, but yeah, just like idiots today, like Tom. I, I mean, I don't know if you've had any idiots running or walking or cycling or driving the last couple of weeks, but oh god. But I think it's today's like the first time people have like started to venture out a little bit more, but no regard for their own like welfare or safety and uh, and also other people's as well. So I was, I was, I wasn't in a good mood today, Tom, in my run. I was hugely oh upset that. by a, a fellow runner uh, not being able to just stay on the road when I clearly had the right of way. Like there was no doubt. I was completely shocked when he just ran past me. It was just like, what, what are you doing? Just continue running in a straight line. What a fucking idiot he was. Oh, anyway, yeah. I need to have you know, a bit more of this lighthouse. Get that, get that beard on you, son. I can sympathize with you because I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a, yes, this weekend, I think, you know, I, I took advantage of the, of the good weather and the lockdown easing and went and drove for a run. And so, you know, I can't, I can't uh, make any, any complaints, but sure, the roads are busy, the trails are busy. It, it feels, and I think it's, it's inevitable. The weather is so good that, you know, it's, of course, people are going to travel to the hotspots. And even up where we are next to the Countess Wells Woods, the car park is still shut but you are allowed to travel to exercise. Of course, people are coming up here. Now, the road is absolutely chocker with cars parked along the side to get on the trails. And on the trails, there's loads of them. It's, I think it's... Uh, the guy obviously must have thought you looked like you didn't have corona. Oh, Wasn't that well, fast I, to come past you? I, I don't know what he thought. The boy's an idiot. Like, I'm, do you know what I'm going to try and do? I'm going to look on uh, Strava today. <laughs> fly by. Look at the comms and see if I can find them in the tape. Do you fly by, mate? Add if you fly by. Yeah, I'm going to fly by the bastard and then I'm going to add him <laughs> and then I'm going to comment the hell out of his, his Strava so he gets banned from it. I'm going to make fly all I've, the segments. Do you know what? I wish you made it onto TRS Swift now. This would never have happened. And, well, that's it. Exactly. It wouldn't have happened, but. Um, I tried to watch you run, but I couldn't get on there. Oh, dear. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you got a solid week of training last week. Now, I've got a question for you. I want to put you on the spot a bit here. The number of times I see you do a, a run downhill, what is that all about? Is this, is this you know. like, is this, is this the, you talked about this strategy before of jump starting your legs or something? So, you know, how was this? I've noticed this a few times now, and I've, <laughs> I, there must be a logic to it. Oh, it makes me feel faster. You know, when <laughs> okay, you're a right. bastard like me, you, know, you, you need to. Uh, you need to get the legs turning a little bit quicker, you know? So I've been doing my sessions from Neurophilus. I've been doing the extended warm-up to Neurophilus. It's about four miles away. And then I've okay. been running from there. Because essentially, like, um, where I run, like, I, I just want to get some turnover in the legs. Um, I don't mm. care if I'm – I'm not going to say it's, it's – it's not a race, you know? Um, so I've, I've just been trying to get a little bit of pace. And, and also, like, if I can get – you know, it's, it's, sometimes you get a headwind in the downhill, so mm-hmm. it balances itself out. So, um, no, it's interesting. Odd, I, I assumed that was case. the logic. Well, well I, assumed, I assumed case. that. <laughs> oh, you go. Oh, you go. Gee. <laughs> the, the I was going to say. Delay, eh? <laughs> I know. I was. I, I was. I was just going to say. I assumed that what the logic was to because I've read. I've actually read some other coaches online um, on some of the these US pro, US track teams talk about this is is doing. Some you know doing fast runs downhill to get that turnover, and really you know because it's not even if it's not about pace, it's about form and yeah. and whatnot. And I you know I know where we are, it's a pain in the arse to get a pretty 
anywhere I, I want to grow, I'm finishing with a, a bit of an uphill slog and I'm getting quite annoyed of, of losing, you know, your form is a bit different there and it's, yeah. it's hills, don't get me wrong, I, I think running up hills are, is great, but there's a time and a place where you want to just get speed and leg turnover. Exactly. And you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to have good form. I mean, you can't, you can try, but if you've got a hoo of a headwind and you try and mm. run with good form, it's going to be really difficult to do. So even using a tailwind, like I've always tried to run with a tailwind as more than a, more than a headwind. I can guarantee all, everyone, who, not everyone, but a lot of people who listen, if you're going out to do a threshold and you do that in the headwind, you're gonna you're gonna be higher than threshold probably. You're gonna go into mm-hmm. um, because because naturally you you will look at your your pace and maybe you won't go by, by effort. But um, so that's the idea. It's just to go downhill a little bit, have a bit of a tailwind maybe now and again, and and try and that's use that to, to your advantage. And physically you feel better, mentally you feel better. Um, and then you know the odd times you have to go into the hill, you've got to tackle your resistance and. And I'll do that too. But at the moment, there's no races. So I'll, I'll make use of the downhill on you, see? Yeah, quite right. I mean, you know, the loop that we've got here, one side of it is, like, imagine that it runs north to south. So if you're running on the top side north, is less exposed because the tree's in the bottom side. So I always choose, if the wind's coming, whichever direction the wind's coming, I will run the direction of the loop so yeah. that it's on my back on the exposed section. And yeah. um, it's it's funny, actually, the that you can... You know, I'm not. I'm not going to batter myself on a session into a net headwind just because. So yeah, you 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 want to get a mental kick out of it. But I tell you what, with this now that we can drive, I I'm, I've got to go and do a session somewhere else. I'm fed up of doing oh. <laughs> a session on the same loop. Honestly, like I can't. Yeah. Mental fatigue of running that bloody coffin. Uh, it's got <laughs> to. I'm going to the Aberdeen Conference Centre where there's a loop that we do the ACC or the Prom or coffin something case. soon because it's oh, coffin. The D side line's good for you. D side line is good. The only thing yeah. with the D side line is, and I'm I'm pick I'm splitting hairs here, but it's a savage downhill to get to it. And I always feel like my form is off. It's so steep, Baileyswell's Road going down there that I feel like I'm just if anyway, I'm being I'm being a wimp. I should just jog down there and do a, an extra jog down there to loosen off. But yeah, I would like yeah. the probably the other problem with the D side line is bloody busy these days. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean the, I like the D side line from a marathon efforts, you know, because you can start mm. at Duffy Park. You've got a long, slow uphill, more up, not huge uphill, but you wouldn't really notice it. Um, but I, I, you know, if I'm doing like a 20 mile run, 24, whatever it is, um, you, you come back and you've got a slight downhill and you just feel so good on the way back. And it really does give you a mental kick. So yeah, there's, uh, there's method in our madness, Tom. There is indeed. That's for sure. Good. Well, it sounds like a good week then. What about you? I had a I had a solid week. Nothing hugely to write home about. I, you know, I was saying the week before I was feeling pretty fatigued, so I dropped a couple of second runs last week. Um, nice. And I felt the set. I did a session on Tuesday. What was it? Three by two miles. Um, I ran them at five twenty five, and the last one picked up so five seventeen. So I felt pretty happy that I've got a bit pushing the legs now. Um, yeah. And then on, I did a wee Mona Fartlek on Friday, which was, uh, was it Steve, uh, Steve Monaghetti, the Australian distance runner who coined that? Anyway, good session there just to get a bit of speed, sort of 20 minute on off tempo type thing. That's when you do, so two by 90 seconds, four by 60 seconds, four by 30 seconds, four by 15 seconds with equal time recoveries. And your idea is you're getting yeah. faster as you go through it. So total of 20 minutes, because you're running, you're floating pretty hard, you end up with a pretty solid 20 minute tempo, which was, I was good, did that on trails. 
And yesterday, right. as I said, I went up. I took advantage of the the driving to train restriction being eased and went and ran up Hill Affair, which was good. So, um, yeah, good week for me. I see that. And you took the cheeky wee uh, active route as well up the hill, I see. I did. That was good. So, you know, I'm all ready for the day that I become an ultra runner. I've got a gel that I can uh, I can carry for all day. And, you know, I've got a tub here from active route waiting for you to collect. Which, oh, is, uh, nice. which is obviously now lockdown's easing. We'll be able to hand that over. And and yeah, just you know, pretty a pretty good week. Another eighty mile week. I feel I feel like I'm pretty a plateaued a wee bit the last two three weeks. I'm hoping that you know, I've had a, an easy day today. I'm, I'll see. I do feel like the sort of zip that was in my legs about a month ago is coming back. And I'm not that fussed because it's you know it's sort of sort of mid season of anything. I'm not really even in a block for anything. But um, one thing that's cool is I got a bunch of messages last week after the BHAG was announced. So many people getting <laughs> yeah. touching. Either yeah. good luck. A lot of people saying good luck for the 225, which was great. And, you know, um, and some people, guys get in touch saying, um, yeah, we believe in you. Guy, you know, shout out to the likes of Craig Ruddy, Mikey Wright, giving me some, uh, what we bet with Mikey Wright on, which is cool. So, right, yeah, yeah, you got really a bet. We have a yeah. bet, yeah. So, oh, come on, reveal the bet. Come on, let's hear it. Well, do you know, I'm, I will reveal the bet afterwards because now Mr. Ian Beatty is just about to join us. So let me uh, let me bring him in. <laughs> yes, well, you've got you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? Hello. How are you Hi, doing? Kyle, how are you? Good. I'm good, I'm good. I hear just like you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's got lockdown written over it. <laughs> that, that was three, three weeks old. Imagine if you'd seen me three weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> See, if there was a race, you could have had a, you'd get a PB with that haircut. I don't know, definitely PB, PB haircuts. I... <laughs> yeah, even it's, even uh, Tom's sporting a, some sort of haircut there. Yeah, this one got the, got the chop yesterday. It's funny, everyone's walking around with the same haircut now. <laughs> it's not an that's not an Andy Butcher haircut. I, I thought that's what you're going to be getting. I thought you're going to get like different tiers of. You know, shit. I'm not cool enough to have an Andy Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what what would be great to hear about is the the West Highland Way because we're obviously the cancellation news is is really sad, I guess expected, but it was really cool and it was Kyle who, who gave us me a heads up and it's saying there's a virtual West Highland Way. I've never seen him so excited about a virtual race before. <laughs> so what's happening with that? Yeah, well, well we. This, it really came up from a, we had always a bit of a discussion of what we're going to do at race weekend and we thought it's going to be quite a, just a difficult weekend and I think I've been involved with this race every year since 1998 oh, yeah. and uh, wow. it's always been a big part of the, the longest weekend. So we kind of thought we're going to do, and John Kiniston who does the podcasts and does yeah. does the, the website yeah, stuff, John, one, yeah. yeah, John had an idea, he wanted to do something on the Saturday night so he set up a bit of a of a show, he had an idea. Do some interviews, some some of the legends of the race, some of the. So we've got we've got some of the some of the big names coming on and going to talk yeah. 10, 15 minutes. I get Siobhan on last year. Siobhan Killendex coming on. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. Rob Sinclair's coming on. It felt like that. Plus, yeah, some of the guys who did it in the early in the eighties when it was formed. And we thought, what else? And Adrian thought was really keen. Adrian had said. We could maybe try and do something like a, you know, some kind of virtual race. And I, at that time, I was really busy with work. I said, "Look, delighted if you guys can go away, find something, work it out." So they spoke to Martin Stone at SI Entries and said, "Look, what can you do in terms of the administration?" And they just came up with this 
trying to do it over nine and a half days, 95 miles over nine and a half days, into segments of three blocks. Ah, and, uh, yeah, and the idea for that was we don't really want to encourage folks just to... If we hadn't done it that way, someone would have gone and run the 95 miles, which is not really, it's not in keeping with what we're trying to do at the moment. And, and folk would have thought, I have to go on to the West LA and do it. And again, we're not keen to encourage that. So it's all trying to yeah. do it within the government guidelines, but yeah. just to have a bit of fun. And, and So we put a relay in as well, three-person relay team. And we've put us just a kind of fun run as well. So if we want to put 10 in as a team, they can do that just to take part as well. So. That's cool. So, and is it literally so, you just you just clock the, the distance? You don't have to do. There's no elevation. There's nothing like that. No, it's just just get the miles in. No, we we felt we felt it was a bit unfair if we'd done the elevation because there'd be some people. When we put it together, we were still at the basis that nobody could travel anywhere. All exercise had to be done from their home, and yeah. that's been extended a bit now. But it's five miles. But there'll be some people. Five miles doesn't take them near any elevation at all. So we thought that's that would be a bit unfair to them to say. You've kind of you you can't do this, or it doesn't work the mm -hmm. same. So we just made it, it to be. It's it's entirely about fun. It's just people to have a laugh. There's no prizes or anything. That's it's, cool. I know some people have built the elevation in. I'm going to try and do that. That's fine. Other people might be sort of saying, "How quick could I do 95 miles over these these times?" Which equally is fine. It just yeah. it's just a bit of fun. Whatever anybody does. Mm -hmm. We've got over 400 now, so it's it's oh, wow. really popular. Yeah, yeah. really is really that popular. The, this so you can do it solo and as a relay. Yeah, yeah, is it, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is that four hundred solo plus a relay? Most that, right? it's four hundred solo plus we've got a number yeah. of relay teams as well, and and we've got people from when I when I looked on Saturday night we had fifteen people from overseas all over oh, the nice. world, which yeah. which again I thought because wow. that's a that's a bit like the West Highland race itself. We usually have about twenty yeah. to thirty overseas entrants too, so folk are folk are going to be doing it and. Well, somebody in the States had been asking me, I think backwards of course, can you tell me, is this the right times? Is this, I'm in the East Coast in America, is this the times it will be? <laughs> <laughs> you know as well as I do, you can work it out. It's oh, five hours cool. behind. So. Yeah. Well, that's maybe, you know, that, there's some benefits of something like a virtual race, like the West Southern Way one. And you, would, you would only get the athletes that can enter. And, and also there's a, a restriction in the numbers of, of athletes that can enter. So... You know, it's it's maybe quite and one of the things that have come out of of racing is that you can bring communities to more communities together in in one one race compared to maybe before and um and you know some of the some of the people who maybe in the nineties were running they can maybe take part so uh, and getting new people on the board as well. I mean, you know, Tom's thinking about the the West Highland Way now. <laughs> who would have thunk that? Who would have thunk it? Eh? <laughs> who would have thunk it? Yeah. Well, I've got a message, from Adrian. a message from Adrian to both of you is that, uh, yeah, it should be just the first step towards the full race for both of you. That's what he's That's good to pass that one. There we go. I like it. Well, uh, I think my my big, uh, what, what, what's that thing you called it? The the bag, BHAG. The, the BHAG, the big, hairy, yeah. audacious goal. Yeah, so my BHAG for next year is to, to run the West Island Way and, um, and that, that's, that's a firm stamp on it right, right there. So hopefully I get an entry nice. and then I'll, I'll be at the start line to, 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 see, to see, to experience the, 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 the love of it. Um, one, one thing I've been really enjoying is, uh, I mean, I, get, you know, I can't be listening to myself on, when I'm you know, listening to my own pod podcast, but I've been listening to... John's, um, you know, West Highland Way accounts, and he gets fantastic guests on the show. And uh, you know, any 
anyone from an ultra legend to uh, you know someone who's an organizer is is fantastic. So listeners out there, if you, if you haven't already listened to the West Highland Way podcast, they're, they're great and they're. they're um, I, I, I think it was Owen Keith who was the yeah. last interviewee. Uh, so that was an interesting listen too. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think he's got Nicky Spinks this week. I think he's got coming on. Oh, so nice. All right. That should oh, be quite interesting. He's a bit like you guys. He said, I think his confidence has built. And uh, so John's like, eh, I'll just I'll just ask people and all they can yeah. do is say no. So he's, <laughs> yeah. got, he's got some great folk on. That's, this has been really good. That's it. And, and it is like, you know, the more traction you gain from the podcast, the you know, the more confidence you can bring from it and bring on to, to get another guest on as well. So it's, it's been good. So, yeah. So what's um so yeah so in terms of the back to the, the sort of race what's when do the entries close? Do the entries closing. I think I don't think we need to close entries until the end of the first phase is done. Yeah. And the first the first phase I, I need to check this but it it opens up at midnight on a week on Friday morning, and that's right. to take us so that we finish at midday on the Sunday, which is when the following week, which is when the race would normally. Okay. finished so it's yeah. all tied sort of back to that yeah. and then the, the first stage is the friday saturday sunday monday you have to do 36 miles within that period you can either do them at one or you can do them as 10 or 3.6 miles whatever you want yeah. and then the next one's 27 miles after that and then it's i'll get my maths right i think it's 32 so last but uh, just roughly nine and a half ten miles a day it works out that is, if people That's... wanted to do it evenly which isn't, you know, which which for most people is 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 quite doable, and uh, mm -hmm. especially maybe a, a few people have got more time in their hands as well. So, um, can it be done on a treadmill? By the way, yes, we said it can be. Oh. You know, partly, <laughs> partly again, I mean, partly again because we were thinking about there's, there's some people who you know, I've got a friend who self isolate at the moment. She's not allowed out at all, yeah, and we didn't want yeah. to say to her, but you. You can't take part. She's got a treadmill in her house. So, again, yeah. it, I mean, the, the principles are really, it's all about this one being inclusive. It's just a bit of fun. So we've been, yeah. the, the only the only rule really that we're keen to say is stick by the government guidelines. We all don't right. want folk driving more than their five miles and, and just do it properly. So yeah. anything else is pretty much, if you think it's okay, if you, th if you think yeah. it works, it probably does. Yeah. So we know that I've just got the, I was going to say, I've just got the website up here. I mean, there's all, all the information. It's, it's, uh, it's for the, in terms of virtual events, it's so, I've not seen such a clear um, the breakdown of what is going to go on. So, yeah, so westhalmwayrace.org, you've got all the virtual stuff on there, all the, all the race results, all the rules are on there. And I see there's also a bit about, you mentioned the evening event as well. The, you're, going yeah. to, you're going to still, still go ahead with that? Yes, that's going to be the Saturday night. That's uh, 7 till 8.30 on the Saturday night, now and a half with interviews, a, a couple of quiz rounds as well. And again, just a bit of fun trying to bring the whole community together and a night when most people would have been together as part of the race. Yeah. yeah. I'd that's say cool. that's one of the things I hear is the, the West Highland Way, the evening of is the, the best night of, of, the, of the running calendar. <laughs> it's, it's one of my oddest responsibilities in the race. I mean, we divide it up and we've got a great crowd. I think I said last yeah. time I was on, we could folk do loads of other things. And, and this one, Adrian needs to take almost all the credit along with Keith Hughes. They've done all the, the kind of setting up for this. But one of the oddest responsibilities I've got 
is about a month out contacting the Weatherspoons in Fort William and making sure <laughs> they've got enough staff on for the Sunday night <laughs> yeah. and they get their late licence. Because if you don't, you turn up with over 100 people and they've got one person at <laughs> the bar, it's just disastrous. <laughs> I tell you what, I was... Uh... Was, People must get in the right state though after you know after doing a ninety-five mile race and a couple of beers in. Ooh, Jack. <laughs> we we had one of the, one one night we had uh, a few years back with a uh, Hal Kerner, who's obviously you'll you'll know okay, yeah. one of the top ultra runners from the States. Yeah, yeah. He cap uh, Hal came over to do it and uh, he hadn't really read the stuff and he didn't know he needed support. So we had to put, <laughs> put support together and Sandra, my wife, supported him with another friend. So yeah. they got to know him quite well. And one of the highlights was that Sunday night, uh, having a, a good few beers and a sing song with one of the top American <laughs> legends of the ultra running world. He dropped out. He hadn't been fit and he got injured at the halfway point, but he still enjoyed the whole experience yeah. of it. Oh, great. No, I'm I'm buzzing to you know, after the fling, the, the sort of atmosphere in the running community, like the ultra running community in Scotland and you know beyond is fantastic and Anyone who hasn't experienced it yet, you need to get your yourself involved in it. It's just amazing. I, I tell you what, I was I, that was one one of my takeaways from Chamonix, having joined the the Scottish Ultra contingent uh, the night after. That was that really showed me the you guys know how to celebrate a race. That was it was good fun. We weren't even racing; we were just celebrating. Exactly. Yeah. Race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And, yeah. and I guess one question some listeners might have: if if you're if a listener's interested or a, a, someone who's into running wants to join the 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 social evening, the virtual evening, do they have to have run or can they just get involved in that? No, very welcome to everybody. That will be on the West Hillway Facebook page. We'll, we'll be doing that. So cool. really open to whoever wants wants to come on and see it. And also, hopefully, yeah, see you've it. got a quiz. Nice. Yeah, no, it should, uh, just again a wee bit of fun, just to to try and pull the whole community together, which will be nice. Nice. That's really good. That sounds good. So, I mean, sort of talking the different hats. I mean, you know, we've had you on the show before, Ian, and uh, it's been brilliant. And you know, you're the, the chairman of Scottish Athletics, and um, how how's it been? You know, and you kind of mentioned about how it's it's been with Scottish Athletics. What what's where where are we right now in 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 the sort of you know potential racing calendar and in, 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 in training you know resuming back is have you got any sort of general sort of um comment on that at the moment or i think it's quite it's quite difficult to say when we can't say at the moment when we see a date when things yeah. will be back to normal and i think that's probably what everybody would expect we've moved into phase one and Mark and the, and the team were working very closely with Sports Scotland, the Scottish Government, to try and get the advice to go out to clubs. And, and that took a bit of work and, and a bit of time. Yeah. And it was only I mean, it was only very much last minute that it was agreed the one-to-one coaching could be done. So at the moment, we're in this position where subject to very tight risk assessments and so on, yeah. coaches can do one-to-one sessions, as, as you'll have seen from the guidance that's been issued. Yeah. I think as we continue to roll that out, hopefully the next stage might be more than one household involved in spreading that out. I say one to one, I mean one to one, if you, it's two households, I guess, so yeah. mm-hmm. with no more than eight people. So we're having to comply with that yeah. in terms of risk assessment and all the rest. But I hope the next stage is we push it a bit further. And I think it's likely that the likes of hill running will move at a quicker pace than track and field just yeah. because of the. It, it's easier to social distance and it's easier mm. to keep people apart. So we hope that these phases might move to, but 
when we start getting to actual competition, it's very hard. It's very no, hard it's to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to set off a race where everybody starts together is means that social distancing isn't happening. We need to be further down the line before that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. To put people into a facility like a, a track a track and field facility where there's all the issues with equipment and officials and so on. That does look as though it could be a wee while away yet. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, like you know, cross country's coming up and well, still a bit away. But do you think there'll be a cross country season, or you know, based on, or do you think it'll look even if it does go ahead? I mean, it's not not for you to say. It's probably for the government guidelines. And, and do you think there'll be a difference uh, in 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 how that'll look? Or we were chatting about it last week. You know how races may look and will they look like? they do now or do you think there'll be reduced numbers taking part or will there be waves any any sort of thoughts yeah. on that and discussion around that or? i think it's i think there's quite so many questions coming out of that yeah, yeah. tell that that it's hard to say it, it, you could conceivably and i've given it a lot of thought as well and you could conceivably have say a 5k series where you ask people to turn up at 10 minute intervals and run yeah. yourself but that's a time trial that's not really any different from a virtual yeah. race and it's, yeah, that's true, you're yeah. not you're not real you're not complying with the various rules around racing yeah. and all the rest you're running at different times yeah. so i think it depends i mean i'm quite encouraged the fact we're seeing professional sports start to happen in england and they're talking about in fact they're talking up here potentially scottish football i mean i think it's a very it's, it's by no means certain, it's a long way away, but they're talking the 1st of August might be a time Scottish football can start to happen behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Now, if that could start to happen, we don't really have the issues with crowds and so on, so that yeah. may be a signal that we could start thinking about events, and it would be the outdoor events would be the ones which would be much more likely to take yeah. place. Yeah. So, I mean, I would keep my fingers crossed for the, the cross-country and... and uh, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody's going to build us to have a shower anymore these days anyway, don't you? <laughs> 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 just, hope, just you need to hope for some crappy weather and you'll, that'll thin out the spectators ah. anyway. <laughs> but, and I think, that, I mean, one, one thing that interests me, and I know we've had, you know, the type of discussion we see in club runners across WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups and all that at the moment is you've, there is a real, you know, I know guys who are very much at the front who want to compete and their concern is will there be uh, and a, a, you know, a 10k road championships. Then you've on, on the other hand, you've got the rest of us who are who are more you know mass participant. And I, I do is Scotch. I mean, at some stage, do those two subjects need to be looked at separately? I think so, and I think that's maybe where the likes of looking at some of the what the commission, the, the hill running commission, for example, do, which is tends to be more people want to enjoy a run in the hills rather than necessarily championship type events. I know we have mm-hmm. hill championships, but I think they will move at a different pace because of the type of Event. I don't think it'll necessarily be the elite against non-elite. I think it will be the, the type of event. It'll be the thing mm-hmm. that moves at a different pace. Uh, yeah, we'd all we'd all like to see it back cross country. Probably falls into a similar category. But my my hope is, and, I, and I'm just really talking as much as I hope. But if we can start to get to the stage where professional footballers are allowed to play a proper game and come into contact and challenge and so on, then you would hope that we'd be pretty close allowed to have, have a race. And, yeah. And move move to that level with all with sensible precautions taking place at the same time. Yeah, and the thing is, if I guess if kids are back at school, you could argue that you know athletics, you know training is it's it almost falls under education at some stage. So there's if you if your kids can socialise and interact at school, albeit with social distancing, I guess then you can start looking at training and 
and potentially races for juniors. I mean, for me, that doesn't, I don't really see much of a difference between a classroom and a track. Yeah, I think these are these are good points that, uh, and it's outside. And I think one of the big focuses yeah. at the moment is the more we can do outside, the better. It seems to me mm-hmm. the virus is much more dangerous when it's inside environment. So it'd be interesting to see what the schools do with, with for, for example, the English schools being back, what they do with the likes of PE and games for the youngsters and whether they try and put more of a focus on that because it is outside mm-hmm. and get them out into decent weather. So, yeah, if we could get if we could get back to that stage, that would be... That would be encouraging, but I think it's I mean, certainly through the phases that the team and the club development team are doing a lot of work preparing for the guides to clubs about what each stage means and mm-hmm. how we move along from that. My own club today had a email went round about appointing a, a COVID coordinator and somebody who's going to do the sort of risk assessments and so on for yeah. the different stages that we need to do. So it, it will. There's a lot of work clearly needs to be done from mm-hmm. from from all clubs to try and get us back to that stage. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, well, we're going to, yeah, that, that's your sort of Scottish athletics hat on as well. And, you know, you're, you, you're also, you know, as a, as a runner too. And you, you, you're saying you're injury wise. Are you back running now then? Are you? Uh, I've been struggling. I, I've been that way. I, I'm, I, I went for an MRI just at the start of lockdown. Yeah. And I thought I'd had an MRI a few years ago and I was convinced it was my back that had been sore. And I got, I got the results in and, and it told me, so delighted to tell you everything's going the right direction and it's, oh, it's all improving. And I was yeah. like, why am I in so much pain then? It's something else. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's been quite difficult because I've not been able to see a physio face-to-face. I've tried to get an online consultation, but it's not quite the same. So you're, you're guessing a wee bit. Yeah. And I think last, I, I, saw, I did the online thing about three weeks ago with my physio and he diagnosed, he thinks it's a hip and it's an issue in the hip. So I've been doing the stretching. And then went out, did, did two miles on Friday and did four miles yesterday. And uh, it was a bit sore today, but then maybe it's just going to be so. So uh. I, I was, I'm fine walking. I said, we went up today, we were about five hours in the pent when we were up and down. Oh, that's all right. That's yeah. fine. So at least I'm getting yeah. out doing that without any yeah. great, great pain. But yeah. it's not the same as running. You'd far rather no. be, yeah, be running doing stuff. <laughs> I find as well though, like you know, if you're if you're doing so much walking and things like that, then if you get if you get the opportunity, the opportunity to do that, especially as an ultra runner and you're cycling, you're walking, you don't you can potentially not lose a huge amount of fitness and um, and hopefully you know fingers crossed that's that's what, what sort of boat you'll be in hopefully in the next sort of you know, few weeks and stuff. So um, it's, it's so frustrating. I with I'd come through. I, I every few years sort of. January set myself right. I'm going to get myself eating yeah. better. So my weight nudges up, and I can lose a stone, stone and a half. Of course, you run much better. Yeah, I run better because I'm carrying excess, so I get myself right. back right. down. And I was running. I was running quite well. I didn't get lapped in the national cross country this year. Which was <laughs> nice. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> nice. And, and well, it was very close. I think if Jamie Crow had been five seconds faster, I wouldn't be saying that. But, but he didn't quite get me. And. Um, <laughs> So I said, the third, having said that, I treated it as a two-lap race and then staggered around the third lap. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I felt I was in quite good shape and I was running well. And we'd done a wee couple of challenges just before this happened. And I ran a, I was back down to a 21-minute 5K I did, which I was quite, right. I was quite, quite pleased about. And so yeah. I was thinking, this is really good. And then, of course, you get hit with an injury and it all goes backwards yeah. again, doesn't it? It's just a, yeah. having to build back up. Uh, yeah. I've been quite, you know, having Andy Butcher on the show last week, um, 
his positivity was definitely for anyone who's injured. I think yeah. it was brilliant. His, um, his sort of outlook on it and, you know, especially the pressure that he's under to, to get back into oh, yeah. fitness and compare, you know, and that competitive edge it must be massive. It's, you know, when you've got, you know, sponsors that you've got to, you know, hit targets for and things like that. So, um, yes, but yeah, it's good to hear. So you won't be doing the 95 miles in the virtual. Well, no. I've entered, I've actually oh, entered yeah. and, and partly thinking, and again, it's, it's maybe one of the messages from it. It's, yeah. you don't have to run it and, that's you, it. you can you can walk it, and I yeah. I'm walking okay, and I'm hoping I might build my running my running up a wee bit. I've actually got a longer term, a longer term. I'm probably ma- massively over ambitious, and shouldn't even say this publicly. But oh, tell us, behag. <laughs> We're all about yeah. two. What's your behag, Ian? Give us your yeah. behag. Yeah. Well, my my one is two years ago. I did the Edinburgh 24 hour race, which was on. It was the first one. It was very small field, but it was uh, it was the first couple of weeks in July. It was round Arthur's seat it was just laps round Arthur's seat and it was such a fantastic experience it was during one of these real heat waves so the first 12 hours was horrendous oh, nine o'clock till nice. nine at night and then it started getting lovely and cool I've never done a 24 hour race where I felt the second half so much easier than the first half it just got, <laughs> it cool. just got a lot cooler and it, and it was such a great experience and I realized from my house I can do that loop plus the bit up and back and it's exactly 10k so I've got this 10K thing, and I'm thinking, if I can in the next couple of months get myself back up to these levels, I could do my own 24-hour individual effort. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. In July, but uh, having said that, I might still be two miles, but then it's just a no-goer. But yeah. It'd be quite nice just going out and doing something. And I mean, even even I'm going to really miss not being not being up at half past three in West Highland way morning when the day starts to come up. It's just one yeah. of these mm. great feelings. It's like, I mean, you've seen it in Chamonix, the way when the light starts to come up and yeah. you're out there. It's just, it's just wonderful. And it was the same during that Edinburgh 24, where one of my memories was, I remember coming round to talk and just heading towards the city and I just heard this wall of noise and thinking this was the middle of the night. And it's sort of silent. But it was three o'clock and it was all the clubs coming out. And the noise for 10 minutes oh, cool. you, and then it all just went quiet again. It's like, lovely time to be out, out for a, an event. So so that's my, what was you call it, the thing? The, the BHAG, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. Right, that's my <laughs> BHAG then. That's Excellent. Good. Excellent. Right, that's a decent, decent BHAG. Well, I hope you get fit for it soon. Sort of talking about uh, you know fitness and health and things. You've got a big uh, hot cross bun fetish, I hear, um, but... There's been a bit of debate whether or not you should have a hot gro- hot cross bun toasted or not toasted. Um, now, me and De- Debbie and I were chatting about it. Now, we were on the fence uh, about whether or not you should toast your hot cross bun or not. In my opinion, I think you should toast a hot cross bun. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Ian, what's, what's your take on it? Uh, well, you're, you're both very much on my wife's side. So she thinks you should <laughs> do that. <laughs> I, I, I just I couldn't understand when she came in and she put this in the toaster. I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and she said, you always do that. You, you toast the hot cross bun. So I've never, I've never done that. So it shows how long we've been in lockdown. It, it, I know. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And I, when I remember seeing that on Facebook and I thought, Ian's lost it already. You know, it's, uh, it's only like a weekend in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what about jack- butter and no butter in your, your hot cross bun? Well, for me, definitely butter and jam. Butter and jam. Yes. I'm the same. Now, that's where we were different. Now, Debbie's like, no, no, no. You can't have butter and jam in your hot cross bun. That's 
the bees needs to. I mean, you would, you would, you wouldn't have yours toasted. I'd have toasted butter and jam on my hot cross bun. Boom. That, that's that's uh, that. Well, you're, you're both wrong. I mean, it's got to be. A, I mean, it's a scone anyway in my books. That's uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make yeah. scones from like you know. There's no flour anywhere. It's uh, yeah. Well, if you, some of us that? have got a supply, mate. It can be. Uh, if you look hard uh, enough, you can find it. We've been struggling. I might have to, you know, sneak into your house to get some flour. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I think um, I don't want to hold you up too much, Ian, and uh, and yeah, hopefully you, things get better in terms of your injury. And uh, yeah, yeah we, definitely. Yeah, no, yeah. Th- thanks very much. I mean, the only thing maybe is if I could say a bit about the race, the, uh, the virtual race that we're having, it is very much, it's very much a fun thing, as I've said. But yeah. we're also trying to do it it's not about raising any money for the race. We're only charging five pounds, pretty much covers the cost of wow. uh, SINs. Yeah. We've permitted it with Scottish, I've licensed it with Scottish Athletics. Yeah. Felt, felt okay. we should. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, so we've, we've done that. And any, any surplus we make from it will go to SAMH, Scottish Association oh, wow. for Mental Health. So, so this, is, this is all about fun and not something that we're trying to do to replenish the race funds. So yeah. if anybody's interested then, You've already given, as you'd be very welcome to take part, and hopefully, yeah. Well, we'll also put in the show notes as well, um, so that yeah. anyone wants to check it out, you can see it in the show notes. So, no, I really appreciate you coming on, Ian, for the second time. And uh, absolutely, it's great later in the year to you know chat, hopefully, more positively about uh, yeah. races outdoors and uh, training, and yes, it being injury free as well. Eh? Yeah, no, no, that'd be great. And thanks very much for having me on again. It's been good to catch up. Brilliant. No All right. Cheers, Ian. Good. See you later. Take care. Bye. Cheers, Ian. Bye. Bye. That's brilliant. Thanks again, Ian, for coming on the show. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have you on. So, uh, good luck with that injury. Hopefully, you get that uh, fixed pretty soon so that you can, you know, crack on with some of those uh, bee hags that. Well, um, I love it. I love the fact that Ian Beatty's got a BHAG and it's now on the show. So, <laughs> listeners, get your BHAGs in. You know, that's, we want to hear them. We've had uh, a couple yeah, of listeners Instagram us. So, yeah. Well, I promise I'll reveal my BHAG next week. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to revealing it. It's, it's going to be awesome. So excited. So, do you know, Cal? I was, so on a news perspective, a few things jumped to my radar last week that I want to share with you. We talked about, because we talked about um, Zach Better's 100 mile treadmill world record. Now, did you see Tom Evans, uh, what he did on the treadmill? He did, was it not like the, the Three Peaks Challenge or something? So like, Yeah, he did the, he the did three, three biggest peaks challenge. Uh, yeah, peaks in, I don't know, is it in, in, so, in the UK? In the UK, so, it's, so yeah. um, Ben Nevis, Scaffold Pike and Snowden. And he did them, he's got one of these ultra fancy treadmills that can go up and incline and decline, right? Oh. So he ran... Um, so he did, Nevis was 7.82 at 13.5% incline on his treadmill. Scaffold Pike was 4.5 kilometers at 20%. And then at Snowden, there was 5.5 kilometers at 13.5%. Um, and then, oh, no, actually, I beg your pardon. The descents, he did the same distances at 0%. So even as you could argue, it was even tougher. He didn't run downhill. No, I got that wrong. It just, the, the photo, the treadmill looks so jacked up. It looks like it could go downhill. But no, it, it, I was wrong. It couldn't. Um, but anyway, amazing effort. I actually can't find anything about his times running. Um, apparently, he did. I tell a, you what, though, you know, having a, a downhill treadmill—that's that's my that's my dream, Tom. You know, I wouldn't have to go <laughs> yeah. four miles to go and do my downhill session, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. 
So it just shows there's a lot of uh, there's there's some still some people doing some pretty cool stuff. So I don't know how actually it doesn't show what I can't find his his stats here. But anyway, the the reason was times are irrelevant. It's exactly not, the fact yeah. he did it is just impressive enough but the reason the reason he came on the radar is apparently tom evans is looking at a marathon he's got, going to run london next year as a, as a, for the olympic trial so it'll be very interesting to see what he can do as an ultra runner and also you know he, he's, he's a fantastic ultra runner you know when coming third at the western states winning the ccc utmb uh not last year the year before um let's get him on the the gb team for the cross country you know he's got yeah in various distances uh so uh, you know the marathon on the road for him should be really exciting i think he'll 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 do really well um so so yeah we'll, we'll see how things go from from there on in but it's a long way away and things can happen goals can change so um so yeah so other than that i mean we were going to talk about london marathon 1988 yes Tell, so I, uh, I, I, I watched the highlights uh, today, Tom. Now, mm-hmm. what, what's your take on it? Tell us, tell, have you watched it yet? Or? I, like you, I, I can only find the highlights real. And I, I watched it last week. And I mean, it was, it's the first time, having gone through them, it's the first time we've seen something like even remotely close to what we're, um, you know, time-wise, what we're seeing. Uh, it was good to see so Kevin Forster, right? That was my main takeaway from it. As a race, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. But I think um, I didn't know much about Kevin Forster before, and he's you know he was second to Charlie Spedding the year when Charlie Spedding won it. He was second in eighty eight, two ten fifty two. I mean, crazy to see um, a guy you know a Gateshead runner who I didn't really appreciate is you know featuring so consistently at the top, but he's not really a name. No, I never I never knew about Kevin Forster either, but. That's when it's the same thing again. You know, there's all these fantastic runners back in the 80s, like Brett, who we don't know anything about. You know, the thing that was staggered me, though, is, um, you know, the, 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 the first lady, um, you know, so there's the female starting in, there's the female starting in, you've yeah. got the, the, the male match. virgins. But, yeah, the virgins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, she was aiming for a sub-220, right? And she got, she came in to the, you know, when when they all forked together, and uh, and she was like sub two twenty pace, and there was about a hundred and twenty runners ahead of her. It was like this. It looked like the middle of a mass participant. You know, like maybe four hour mark or something like that. It was incredible to watch. Crazy. Now, in- was it what was the name? Ingrid Christat Christiansen. Ingrid Christiansen, who did the same thing the year before. In 87, she did the same thing, was going out at 220 pace. And then, what did she run in 88? 225 in the end. Uh, it was about that, yeah, 225. She, she died in the last few miles. She was running like six-minute miles by the end of it. Um, but, yeah, she went out hell for leather and really suffered. But, she, you, know, you know, she still won the, the London Marathon. So, you know, good honour for that. But, um, here's an, from, from the women's field, here's an interesting fact for you, which you may not have known. Fourth place in the women's race in 232.09 was Jake Whiteman's mum, Susan Whiteman. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So she was 232.09. So Susan um, Whiteman, obviously, married to Jeff, Jake Whiteman's mum. Yeah, crazy. I didn't realize he had such, I didn't realize there was genes on his mum's side as well. No wonder Jake's so stacked in terms (laughs) of his genetic prowess. Holy moly. That's a, that's mental, but um, but yeah, I mean, what was the the Brazilian guy? Um, yeah, De Silva. Yeah, 
he went out like a absolute rocket, didn't he? I mean, I say a <laughs> yeah. rocket. I mean, he was he just went for it. Like and I think it was like about mile fifteen, mile eighteen. I think he they started closing on him, and that that group behind him, Spedden, the the guy from Japan, you know, the venture winner uh, Jorgensen from Denmark, Carl ha- Harrison, Hugh Jones. And uh, one guy, interestingly, Tony Milosarov. Oh, yes. Next brother. Next brother. Yeah. So, so folks, Nick Milosarov is, um, it works to run for it in Aberdeen, but he's also a Metro Aberdeen member. Now, his brother, 209, 210? Something like that, yeah. It's it's quick. I don't know what his PB is, but it's quick. So, we need to get him on the show, eh? Do you think we could chat up Nick for a cheeky wee... Chat with Tony. I'm, I'm sure we could. That would be really good for retro oh, race results. That would be, but you, yeah. But you know what? That, what? It's just amazing you see the depth of British talent there. I mean, so if we look at results, Kevin Forster, we talked about 2.10.52 in second place. Hugh Jones was fourth, 2.11.08. Dave Long, fifth, 2.11.33. Al Hutton, 2.11.42. So one, two, three, four Brits in the top six under 2.12. And it's crazy. Aye, that's crazy, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the the good old highlights of the London Marathon. I'm looking forward to watching the, the 1989 one next uh, next week as well. And Yeah, it's it's really good. I've got to say, listeners, I know a few of you have gone in touch with us saying you've you've jumped on the bandwagon. Get involved. It's great to watch these. As Carl says, some of the highlights, I mean, I've watched a few of them every minute, but actually, even 88, I, I looked at the, sort of the highlights and thought, you know, I'm just going to watch that, not the full one this time. And it's great. And actually, on the, just to, on the women's side there, we had Zunga Christensen shooting for sub-220. It goes 225-41 to win. So it just shows you how kind of, you know, how far off they were at those sort of times back then. Um, and then second place was uh, Britain's Anne Ford, 230-38. And then third place, Evie Palm, Sweden, 231-35. So what's really interesting, if you look at the elite men, right, the British men at that stage are very much ahead of, well, I wouldn't say ahead because Hawkins is, is running quicker than those times now, but there's a big depth right there at that front and Fraser mentioned that last time. But on the women's side, first Brit home, 230-38. Now think of the girls we've spoken to recently who are all running 226, 227. Yeah, so yeah. there's a real, there's a real growth on the women's side. Okay, yeah. Paula is an outsider. You know, that is exceptional what she ran, but the rest of them are, I think there's, I think British female marketing and Scottish is in a good place right now. Oh, it is. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so now I think... Right. Uh, what have we got next? Uh, well, we've got... Actually, so speaking of female marathon runners, last week we were chuffed a bit to have Steph Twell join us for part one of her, her interview. And yeah, this... So here we go. We'll, the second part of Steph. This well, Last week we talked a bit about her background and, you know, how she came into running in her early career. And on the second part, we moved more onto the, the recent marathon thing that she's done. And we've seen, you know, break the Scottish record recently when she ran in Frankfurt last year. So um, here we are. It's part two of Steph Twell. So on the marathon then, so we talk, you talk about running, you run, run, run hard, but one, you know, we, one thing that was really impressed me is I remember when a couple of years, 2018, your debut, yeah, 2018 in Valencia, the 2.30 that you ran, um, and I remember seeing an interview with you afterwards. You said, "Yeah, it was a really you were really pleased with it because it was a controlled debut, which I thought was really impressive." So well, again, so you've come, so you come in, you run, you run that great debut, really sets you on, you know, right. Steph Twell is a top marathon runner and is ready to go on. Um, what 
what was what's a what's a controlled marathon then? Tell how how was that? How did that go? That first debut marathon. Well, I mean, any debut marathon, you're gonna be going into the unknown. Yeah. But there's a certain way of controlling the unknown, and I certainly think. <laughs> one of the things is to ensure that it's not how you start it's how you finish so I was very conscious of you know as soon as you tell someone that you're going to do a marathon everyone wants to share their marathon stories with you <laughs> yes and to some extent they put you off the marathon because you're like I don't want to hear it like, <laughs> <laughs> like these horror stories of what can happen in the later stages you know so for me, it was like, I don't want to, I don't really want to have that experience. Like it frightens me. I want to have a positive experience. So in terms of controlling a marathon, I meant that I was going to control my own threshold of my expectation. Mm-hmm. And really, I didn't know. I, I went in very, very light on my training. I got married that autumn. So I knew that it was something I was always going to go towards. But was it actually the right event at that time in my career? And I started off um, feeling actually pretty awful because I'd only got back from Flagstaff about four days before the race. Plus I had the time zone that I had to leap ahead to Spanish time, which was another two heads, two hours ahead of GMT. So mm-hmm. I just felt awful. Um, and then that's where I just tried to enjoy the experience. I, I, I mean, I got into the race um, everyone you know tries to see what paces i love that you know when everyone amalgamates there's different nucleuses like form and it was really hard to find anyone that i recognized um uh being a female you know every guy's trying to (laughs) get past you thinking (laughs) you know because some females are on the front of start lines and it's tough you know for you know club runners to be like well i want to be on the start and so yeah, it was really hard to gauge what pace everyone was going really early on until I met someone from Britain, joined me, and we just got into a bit of a groove, which was nice. Um, but strangely, what was really mind-blowing for me was that my second half was faster, and I really believe that that is possible um, with the right pace judgment. Um, and not just the pace judgment, but working with your body, not against it. I think so many people go into the marathon, I want to tackle the marathon, and it's it's at the start of the race and it really isn't, you know, it's, you've got to Absolutely. work through it. You know, it's one of those, a bit more of those journeys that I really enjoy. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of a negative split and I think that I'm, I'm completely uh, in agreement with you. I think that, you know, if, how you finish is really, is it's so important, you know, and you see if you too hard in the first half, the number of people you see, you know, in London on embankment and it's, it's, it's invariably because they've gone out too hard that it's just coming back to bite them um yeah. so how when you go so when we then we saw you move to frankfurt uh, you know um you know amazing 226 absolutely incredible so, you know so w- wildly underneath the olympic standard how did that how how did that <laughs> yes absolutely sorry i beg your pardon how, how was that then run how was that going into that i guess you've got your 230 underneath you 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 know you want to be more aggressive how, how how did that because that's a that's a great jump you know not just not just getting inside it smashing it thank you um i guess it was a jump um on the on on if you look at the sheet and look at the paper but really i think my first debut was probably cautious Mm -hmm. so i think i'd actually done 
I wouldn't say traditional training to the marathon for Frankfurt, but I definitely put a little bit more focus into it. I'd definitely spoken to a few more people. You know, I was self-coached at this point. So for me, self-coaching gave me an opportunity to have more discussions about what type of marathon build-up would suit me. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was about finding that that really made the difference to my marathon experience. I think my first experience under a different coach wasn't quite aligned with my approach to the marathon and my my ability to actually use my engine and you know cover some mileage in training so for me it was yeah it was an opportunity to get an olympic qualifying time which i went for but also in the back of my mind chasing liz's time was always there if i'm Mm -hmm. really honest um i think having a goal like that can really motivate you in training um you know you need some competition and it had been a long-standing record so for me it was like wow that would be really neat like I, I was previously a Scottish 5k champion. So, you know, you've got to keep, you, you know, your eyes on your, on your prizes. Um, and yeah, for me, it was, you know, a, a, I guess a bit of a combination of focusing on the 10k at the time. I'd gone to Doha for the 10k. Um, mm. Specifically not being a traditionalist. Now I know that sounds really crazy, but because of my background in 5k and 15 I have got pace and for me I believe there doesn't have to be one rule book for the marathon um you don't have to be deemed that you are just only one paced you don't have to be deemed that you can only run marathons I do believe that um I've been following for, I take quite a lot of um inspo from Molly Huddle Emily Sisson mm-hmm. and actually seeing that you need in championship marathons to be able to finish fast. So for me, the 10K was on the same type of training um, that I would be doing, um, but with a bit more volume. So I kept 10K sessions in every Tuesday was 10K focused with just Mm. a one marathon session on a Friday and then a quality long run. That wasn't to say that that was ridiculously fast, but it was just a solid effort. and for me, then I went in and it was at the stage of the, you know, transition of these new shoes. I did have the New Balance latest sh- shoes, which I do think probably helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think I was probably heading towards a progression anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, you only have to look at your, 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 your half marathon performances in the recently as well. I mean, it's, you know, that it's not... Um, yeah you know you look at the you mentioned molly huddle i know you lined up against her in houston at the start of the year that must have been a cool experience yeah that was super cool i mean especially to be part of a really positive movement of americans getting ready for the olympic trial i mean they do road races in style like (laughs) they know how to hype themselves up like i'm not into hype at all but (laughs) i am on a race day on my own in my own world but (laughs) but like in terms of how they hype their own sport it's pretty impressive you know and so I was kind of part of this journey of like these are the last races these girls are doing before the Olympic American trials and for me I was like this is exactly the competition I want to be part of if they're going to be qualifying for the Olympics in six weeks these are girls uh, I'm I, I want an Olympic selection like these girls I might also have to race so you need to give yourself exposure that's what I've said at the start of this podcast is giving yourself opportunity to compete and not be afraid when you get to that that real race you know that real level of competition um but yeah it was super super special and I'm really excited about the roads for sure to continue that way because I think it's the only start in my career to really understand physiology as well I've used a physiologist for years that's actually been 
one of another one of my strengths as well as the strength and conditioning side but actually understanding your own physiology is really interesting okay. in terms of how you actually implement that into your training so because now i coach myself as you know mm-hmm. um actually working out what sessions are targeting what energy systems are really crucial so historically i've probably targeted quite a number of energy systems in one session which is for me like I was telling you the sessions I mentioned earlier like a bit of an all-rounder I'm going to get fit um, it's probably base work because I'm targeting a, like a good 10-12 minute effort on the front but then I'll finish with something shorter so I'm, I'm getting like a hit of everything there but what I've really realized is now working on specifically the half marathon stuff I, I still don't think I've really tapped into the marathon stuff yet um, the half marathon stuff is really interesting because you just focus on that energy system that's at a more specific pace, which I never really have done, but mm. it's probably slightly easier than my 5K, 10K work, but I'm extending the effort. And for me, I'm just becoming a little bit more specific in my training, which I've never been. I've been quite diverse in 5K and a 15 approach because you need to do the sprinting. You need to do, you know, all of the lactate building work um, as well as the endurance side of things. Whereas now I'm just becoming a bit more of an endurance animal in its own right so yeah it's really interesting to me. <laughs> that is really interesting and that you know it's, i find that fascinating i mean it's great so you're coaching yourself how does that work um you obviously you're hugely very informed and you know you know what you're talking about so when you how do you plan out are you saying right i'm planning out for uh my next big race are you are you doing week on week how are you feeling i mean how does how do you as a coach and athlete for the same person manage that so i had to have a good talk to myself really um when i first realized I, I i needed and wanted to be coached by myself was when i realized i needed to take ownership of rest days Interesting. <laughs> that was my first variable to be like look the coach is never going to really know how you're feeling you are the person that really does know your body and i'm not someone to back off from training i'm not afraid of pushing myself i'm not afraid of motivating myself to get out the door so i knew that that wasn't an issue mm-hmm. i knew that i wasn't lazy but I knew that I'm intuitive enough that if I do need to back off, I can back off. I'm not worried about backing off either. So for me, that was a good balance. And not everyone can do that. Someone needs to be told to back off, but I, I don't. I can read my own body. So what I just, the first variable was, look, when are you going to have your rest days? How frequently are you going to give yourself a rest? And, you know, I'd come from a background of only have a rest day when you're tired. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, that could be every three or four weeks. And knowing me, because I love training, I'll just carry on. But so for me, it kind of revolved around, well, actually, does your rest day have to be on a Friday? Does it have to be, you know, on a Saturday? I actually personally think my favourite rest day of the week is a Monday, because I always do my biggest block of work over the weekend, whether there's training partners available, whether there's you know, people are off work. It just, Monday for me is more of an active rest recovery day. I start the week, but I'm going to listen to my body to see how that feels for the rest of the week. And that's, you know, Tuesday's your typical track session mm-hmm. that you're probably more likely to do the bigger work than maybe slightly than a Thursday. So for me, it was actually understanding the rhythm of the week a little bit more. And once I'd kind of established, look, let's work back to what a plan before a, a race day would be, because, you know, you have your coach's input on race week but really there's a whole load of variables that go into that race week that can help you perform mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not always the training but sometimes the training can either you can look back and think it 
helped or hindered you. So for me, what I then established was a consistent race week pattern that I was going to have because okay. I hate to say this, but when I was with a club coach, I love, you know, I still really value and love my time with my first coach, but he was there to support everyone. It wasn't just there to support my race. It was someone's racing a BMC this day. Someone's got a league that week. It was, you know, kind mm. of school training it wasn't as individualized. So for me, what I did on a Thursday before a race would have been different every week really it didn't actually have too much consistency mm-hmm. um, which just shows my ability to adapt as an athlete but really I thought right maybe I can strip back my variables to be like that race week needs to be really solid you know I'm mm-hmm. happy with it it's given me that confidence it's also given me that sort of tick box exercise of I've done enough I'm okay with that um, and then for me it was having what I think some coaches miss and better coaches, some coaches are better than others, is having benchmark sessions that actually you go back to as a key performance indicator. Mm. Now, I have them at certain times of the track season, for example. Um, But really, I believe that you can probably tap into them more regularly in a periodized approach, um, rather than just focusing on it before a certain race, because you know that big race is coming up. Having it at the certain times of the year um, can also let you know how much you need to work on now that's really basic stuff Mm -hmm. but when you're taking charge of it yourself it feels quite groundbreaking to know that you can come back to that safety net um Mm. and then from there it was working about you know how how much mileage i should have what are the progressions of the mileage in the week is it sensible that's always my first question am Mm. i jumping ahead of myself i don't need to get fit too soon like the work's there just lay the foundations keep laying the foundations And then it's working out, you know, I probably in marathon work wanted to go down to two sessions a week rather than three, which for me is quite groundbreaking because I've grown up as an athlete having three sessions a week. So having two sessions a week was like, wow, this is, this is really nice. (laughs) (laughs) My Saturday is a bit easier as well, but um, that has to work with your own lifestyle, with your own job, you know, all of these other commitments that we have as athletes and, you know, normal human beings. But I think, for me then it gave me a little bit more focus as to what I was really going to get out of those sessions rather than doing them for the sake of I've done this because this is what I've historically done for years mm-hmm. what is that key focus that you that objective that you're going to get out of that session and even if the session doesn't go well I often find that my mindset is really well supported by well I targeted that it's okay I was trying to tick that box it's heading in the right direction and for me that's what athletics is it's always just keeping yourself heading in the right direction um mm-hmm. towards your performances that's yeah i think i mean it's, it's interesting here you, you know trusting the process and trusting that you know you're heading towards that bigger goal i guess one thing that is quite interesting to lead on to and i mean i was thinking about how you know how do you how do you periodize your say a marathon build up for you but I guess the, the the rug has been pulled underneath out from underneath you now with the the as as with everyone and um, it's a you know terrible time. But with regard to London being moved, the Olympics are out. How do you how do you as a you know as a, as a pro athlete react to that and how do you adjust now? I mean, because I guess you're there's a lot of uncertainty hanging over you now. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, I'm still waiting like the rest of everyone else to kind of confirm whether London's postponement schedule is still going to be classed as 
a trial, whether mm -hmm. it's still going to be passed as they're going to work a way of making the times count. I'm still in unsure and in limbo as everyone else. Um, I believe they should really give an answer to athletes soon because the mm -hmm. 12 weeks, the, the sort of free, typical three month build up to the marathon will fall roughly around the start of July. So we've got about six weeks left for them to hopefully give some more guidelines and guidance to athletes. And I think that is crucial because for me, I've taken my foot off the pedal. And what I mean by that is I'm still training, but I do think it's important not to be foot to the floor because like I said earlier, there's no physios available. Um, I want to still have somewhere to go in my training, meaning that I haven't spent myself early in the season. I'm not going to peak at the right time. So for me, I actually made the decision. Um, and in a way, because I was in America and I had to get back from America quite quickly, London was almost a softer blow. Um, no, actually, I tell a lie that the Olympics were a softer blow because you can't get to the Olympics about London. So that was pretty hard. But it was a softer blow for me because New York half marathon was also cancelled. Mm, okay early on in the season so where you have quite a lot of track track athletes waiting to get ready they were in that sort of middle prep phase I was kind of pretty much six weeks out from London I was in pretty good nick I you know invested in going to altitude so for me it was like okay that was a kick in the teeth but where do we go from here and I was in such good shape and I really felt like even after Houston, then an altitude stint, something big was going to happen in New York. Um, I felt I had to actually close up shop and it was a really difficult decision for me as my own coach to be like, what do I do? But really I felt I can't go too much higher in my mileage. I've got to go back down in my mileage. I'd also started to taper for New York anyway. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was natural to run myself down steadily to less running less mileage and then i had a break uh drank a good amount of wine <laughs> <laughs> great you know had tra treated it like a proper off season you know i, I still yeah. enjoy anyway but they were just a bit more guilt-free <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah i've been back up and running for about six weeks or so now i think whatever it, i think um and just building up gently, like only just getting over 70 miles a week at the moment. I do worry that, you know, you see some people posting that they're doing more than ever. They've had bigger track sessions. They're focusing on mileage. And I'm like, well, I want that to come, you know, I want that to come in the next marathon build up. So I'm just focusing on circuits every day. Like I, I'm a big strength and conditioning believer, but actually more than ever, it's actually given me times to focus on those exercises. I wouldn't normally, um, I'd probably put off in the gym, you know, I focus on my bigger key movements and to minimize loss of energy so that I can do my sessions. But right now I'm focusing on all my body weight stuff, you know, all the stuff that takes a bit more time. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm doing okay. And I think I'm coping well. I think if I'm honest, I think it was the right decision um, to not allow times to count because I don't understand how you can athletes can call for a postponement in the Olympics because it's not fair because all countries can't access the Olympics, but not call for it to be unfair that some countries times can count and others can't. Like I do agree that across the board, it has to be, you know, consistent, um, mm -hmm. even how frustrating it is. Um, so I don't mind waiting for a trial next year to mirror what this year would have been really. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, all we can do is just still train and just stay healthy. All I want to do coming out of this is 
be healthy and be motivated. That's all I need to, and you know, that my loved ones are okay. Um, because we can't ask too much of ourselves right now. I don't think. Mm, I think that's a really, really sensible attitude. And I think, you know, it's interesting to talk about the, the standard period being, being closed until December. You know, we had, um, we had, we spoke with Derek Hawkins who was on here and he was, he's in the position of he needs to run the time. So if, if the, if London happens, how interesting is that for someone like that who hasn't got the standard yet? Um, yeah. You know, the anti-doping at the moment is, a, I guess, is a big, a big concern. You know, I, you know, I've, I've tried and failed to find out more information just online about what, what the status of that is. And it's, it appears it's quite concerning actually to see that in, in parts of the world, it's, it's, it's even more non-existent than it ever was at the moment, you know, in lockdown. So. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have thought about that. Um, it's a shame to actually think about that. Um, that that exists in the sport but I think it is something we do need to be aware of um athletes also need to be treated with you know certain human rights I do believe that because I've been on the testing protocol for a very long time since the age of 18 years old Mm -hmm. and it is really tough and even in these times of covid I've been asked my regular activities and I'm like what do you mean really (laughs) yeah and that's really hard I'm like why you know and I don't know if they're more targeting other sports but it is difficult because you know training environments are different at this time i'm not going to be a consistent training environment right now mm-hmm. there's no track available i coach myself i can also be an elite athlete which means that i could you know wait for the session to be right if the sun's out rather than you know pushing it back half an hour until it's you know rain free or something mm-hmm. um so there are lots of complications with actually staying as a clean athlete it's, it's actually quite hard um which is a good thing, but it's not easy on everyday admin and life. Um, but yeah, I do worry if people do take that as an opportunity to mm-hmm. in other ways, because maybe they feel they might need to because they can't train properly. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I think it will be interesting. I think, I guess, like, like with everything, you know, we need to have, you, you, we really, this is where we really hope that um, governing bodies lead and, you know, and give uh, and actually, and take some, good stances and proper communication yeah true and i I, there was part of me that was really looking forward to just seeing what would an olympics look like post lockdown (laughs) (laughs) yeah a true amateur olympics again yes (laughs) i mean you say you say what what was take all the facilities out of it and just let's see what people rock up and do (laughs) (laughs) you say what you're looking forward to i i mean i was like many of our listeners very much looking forward to london and watching you and the other yeah. british girls uh line up it was going to be an, a hell of a spectacle and it was you know we were all rooting, rooting for you to make that olympic team as a, as a leading scot but we look forward to seeing it next year anyway um and yeah, seeing you happen. that race can still happen i'm looking forward to it myself um so yeah thanks for your support and thanks for having me well we look forward to seeing you take that down right so before we go i've got two minutes worth of fartlek questions i'm going to take you through so this is like 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 a good old fartlek some answers are going to be super short some can be super long so um so right fingers at the buzzers now cross country road hills or track road pre-race meal oh gosh um salmon rice beetroot rocket tasty (laughs) favorite shoe uh new balance 1400 Nice, nice. I've, I've run that. I like that shoe. Um, favorite movie? Life of Brian. <laughs> nice. We have not had that answer. <laughs> Good answer. I love that film. <laughs> favorite race? Highgate, Night of the PBs. Night of the 10K PBs. 
Nice. In fact, hell of a run last year, by the way. It's great to watch. That was amazing. Really inspirational yeah. stuff. It's next level and it's club based and it's just epic, isn't it? You know, it, everyone. It, it's club based, but to see you take down an international field as well, that you know, you that was that was what was amazing. You know, that was brilliant, yeah. really good. Lots of stories behind that race too. Anyway, nice. <laughs> um, worst race experience. Oh, um, oh, I probably could say breaking my leg in Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fair. Rest day or recovery run. Rest day. <laughs> Favorite place to run? Um, oh, that's a really good one. I would say here or Chamonix, where I live. Where I live in my local forest or Chamonix. Nice Chamonix. I like the, Ch- the Chamonix. Yeah, we were we were as a podcast out in Chamonix last year. Kyle was doing the UTMB. Hell of a place yeah, to run. Yeah, we'll talked about that after. Yeah, it was amazing. Aldershot Farmland District, Kilbarkin or St Mary's Uni. Oh, that's a tough one. Um. They all are close to my heart, but I will say AM. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I'm playing Paul Barton. Morning shuffle or evening saunter? Evening saunter. <laughs> I'm not a great morning person, but I still have to do it. But yeah, I prefer, I feel better, like, yeah, watching the sun go down, listening to some tunes in the evening than I do in the morning. Nice. Running hero? Callum Hawkins, Derek Hawkins. <laughs> nice. Good answer. Um, but also Joe Pavey and oh Ailey Doyle. I've got so many. Um, wow, Ailey, that's... Ailey Doyle for another reason. She's just brilliant. Um, Jess Ennis. Oh, there's too many. There's too many. Come on. Nice. Okay, fine. Hawkins was first off the off the tongue, so we'll take that one. <laughs> um, favorite cake or biscuit? Uh, chocolate bourbon or classic. Um, a cake would probably be just banana cake. I'm just eating a lot of that at the moment. Banana loaf. <laughs> <laughs> nice baking, like everyone else. Miles or kilometers? Miles, definitely. Favorite distance? <gasps> That's really tough. Fifteen or marathon? I'm not sure. <laughs> That's that's the range. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those two. Right, nice. Someone once, I read a book somewhere, someone was describing marathon 15 or more in common, you would think, from a strategic perspective, which is well, quite I interesting. Agree. I would agree. They're, they're, it unfolds in a way that is unravelling, that you're waiting to deliver something still, whether it's the last lap or whether it's the last six miles. There's something mm-hmm. about that that's still quite consistent. Yeah. Um, edging your tactics early in the race really important understanding your pacing even in the 1500 there's the element of pacing through you know looking through that first 400 looking through that first 800 is still looking at your mile splits in the marathon is like your 5k your te- you know it's it's really interesting i like that yeah um, yeah post race treat um or oh, loads pizza normally um nice. pizza burger some sort of chocolate or wine. <laughs> nice. Pizza. I think the last person to say pizza on here was Robbie Simpson. He's a, he's a pizza yeah. post-race treat man. Oh, and finally, you've got, you can run one more race in your career. It can be a race you've already done. It can be a race that you've, that you've, you've yet to run. You'd like to try. What would, what start line would you tow? Oh my gosh. That's a hard one. Oh, that's, that's too hard. Those questions. Is it a trip down memory lane or is it something that you haven't done yet? Um, oh my gosh. Probably, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. That's too difficult. Uh, sorry, it's going to be quick fire questions. <laughs> it's a far, like, this is your four, this can be like your two minute, three minute effort. 
this is my rest day. This is my recovery moment. <laughs> yeah, this is your float, yeah. Um, what am I thinking? I don't know. Yeah, we could do one again. That's like one of your end of career questions. Like, this is yeah. But it's funny, we, we have quite a lot of people come on and they say like, you know, we've had people come on and say, we'd like to, I'd love to do the Boston Marathon one day. But then you get, then you get folk with a, you know, I'd love to go back and do the, the turkey trot down the road. You know, it's a, you're right. It's a real, uh... um, it's a real tough one, isn't it? Um, what would I like to do? Um, London. I was going to say London. Nice. Cannot, I haven't Pop- done it yet. Popular answer. Popular answer. Well, Sorry, I'm going for the popular people. No, it's good. I th- London, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that every club yeah. runner, marathoner should experience London. It's crossing Tower Bridge is, is something else. It really is. Yeah, I've got to do that, I think. Um, but the UTMB, who knows, one day. Nice, yes. So actually, so before, uh, thank you for the, that was fantastic. Before we go, one thing that, so not only are you a Scottish marathon record holder, British champion numerous times, Olympian World Athletics or World Championship appearances, you also hold the world record for the mile holding hands so you and your husband joe ran 450 last year i think that's something like that yeah that's right um roped into it i swear uh, <laughs> but love it for the toilet post announcement <laughs> yeah it's excellent it's, um yeah no it was yeah we, we were we got asked to do it by the race organizer um to take it off danny nimick so there's a british couple that hold it as well danny nimick okay and it's a real thing and you know I was at uni with Danny so I thought you know they've laid it down and they were just shy of five minutes I think and I thought it's never going to happen Joe's um just finished a night shift I am racing the next day and we didn't practice we had probably a few strides the day before and we were just like let's just wing it let's just go for it and it was hard you just we just did it for a bit of fun Um, unbelievable (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, uh, how, do, I mean, how, yeah, my best career moment to date. <laughs> how do you, I mean, I, look, I, I remember seeing it on the TV at the time. I mean, the coordination is, uh, is, is incredible. Obviously, you both have the same rhythm when you're running. Well, I definitely feel like my shoulder was pulled out of my joint by the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely got lactic quicker than Joe got lactic. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you just do it, you get on with it. It's like sports day, isn't it? Like, it's yeah don't think about anything you just run run free that was nice <laughs> no that was it was very cool to see so well done that and also and kudos for lining up and winning the 10k the next day that's uh that's what a weekend thank you yeah that's what it's all about isn't it enjoying the weekend enjoying doing something you love absolutely well steph thank you so much for coming on it's been uh, it's been great to great to chat to yeah, you great. It's really nice to chat. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. And we look forward to certainly next year. Uh, hopefully, it's maybe October, but more likely next year, we'll be able to see you smash London. And, uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, stay healthy. Stay alert. Stay, <laughs> stay safe. Stay Excellent. Brand. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. I'll speak to you soon. Take bye. Care. Bye. Bye. Brilliant. Thanks so much again, Steph, for coming on the show. It's great to have you on. Um, I thought last week was the full interview, so now I'm really excited to listen to the second part of your interview. So thanks again. So, Tom, you've been out bouncing about in the trails and the roads and things and your new shoes, and uh, you're going to give us a cheeky little review on your, your Night React Infinity Runs. So how have they been and what are they? They've been great. So I just to set the context for listeners, I think I've talked on here a lot. I've, I love running in the the Nike 
Pegasus Turbo 2. Couldn't really get on with the Pegasus itself due to the, uh, the way I land on the outside of my foot. I'm just wearing off the 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 sole the quickly and it just wasn't lasting miles. But the Turbo 2 was, and I've just fallen in love with that sort of real nice light cushion and, and the pop. Anyway, it's been discontinued. So I thought, right, I need to look at a new shoe, something just for my easy runs as a start of a 10. And uh, I, I thought, let's go for this Nike React Infinity Run. Nike have marketed this as being a shoe... If you think about the the Vaporfly, the moonshot for that was sub two hour marathon. The moonshot for the Infinity Run was stop runners getting injured. And this shoe is that's what the goal of this shoe has been all about. So the Nike React Infinity Run, it's a very it's from it's a one of these super cushion shoes. It's got a Nike a really solid Nike React base to it um, or midsole to it, and it's like it's crazy how soft it is like really you can it's like running on pillows really i really enjoyed running on it as a sort of the that cushion the cushion is really really soft really you just feel like you're you know when you run an easy run and you've got that it feels like everything's being absorbed the load's being absorbed as you go and it's just a nice to just plod along on and i think that comes from it's got it's there's a, a i don't know the stack height but it's a big chunk of um it's a big thick react sole on it but also it's really white so i think it, that must be what they're going part of the injury prevention thing and I'm, I'm not sure about the the biomechanics of it but it's a really wide base it feels really stable when you're when you're running in it and i from the first time i put it on i felt like i'm just it, it was bizarre it feels like you've got these big boats on your feet because they're so white but it's not that heavy you know it's 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 a really nice one just to plod along. And I noticed that we'll come to Ali Sutherland, but I noticed he's been doing a lot of his marathons and React uh, Infinity runs. Yeah. yeah. So really, so really stable base, really comfortable, really soft. You know, so for easy mile, it's been perfect. The upper is, it's a flyknit upper. I'm, I quite like flyknit. I've kind of gotten into that. It's, it keeps your foot quite snug, but it's not super tight. And I think after a couple of runs, you kind of, it almost molds to your foot and, and it, it feels like you're just putting on a pair of slippers and it's, it's really comfy. So as a shoe, Super comfy, fits to size. I mean, I run in a 10 and in a UK 10 in, in Pegasus Turbo and Pegasus and my Vaporflies, and I run well, and I run a 10 in this, and it's, it's fine. So, same. So, you're size is good. I thought you were a nine. No, nine. no, I'm on a 10 now. I was having that? issues with, uh, well, I was having a lot of um, issues with my toes, and I found I was just in too tight. Too, I, I was, I was saying I used to wear a nine and a half, and I was just that extra half size has given me a bit more room. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, I, well, if you're getting nine shoes, buy them over me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll need to look in the cupboard to see what I've got. Um, see what you've got. And then the last thing I'm going to put on it is the sort of bit the, you know, we'll keep this brief, but the tre- the, the, the outsole is, I, I ran onto a pair of Nike Epic Reacts and I went through them pretty quickly because it felt like there wasn't much protection on the bottom. The Infinity Runs have got blown rubber across the forefoot on the, on the, the outsole. And that, I don't think it's given you much grip. It's not like an Adidas Continental rubber that's given you that. But what I think it will do for me anyway, somebody who's quite, it seems to wear a lot on the, on the outside of the, on the edge of the sole. I think it will reinforce it quite well. So I'm, I'm, I'm through 100 miles now and the sole looks in good shape. I've not really worn much. I think where the failure point on these shoes for me is going to be is where on the edge, on the outside of the shoe, where the fly knit, where the upper meets the sole. I think that's where it's going to, I can see that's kind of where it's looking like it's taking a bit of abuse. So, I'll keep up. I'll update you as and when the proceed through them. But yeah, time of writing, time of recording. I'm at 110 miles, and yeah, I'm. I'm you know, it's now the shoe I put on if I'm just going for an easy run. Now I can you know, I go out like eight minute miles. I can pick it up through the run, and I can pick it up if I want to go like you know, sort of six thirties, which for me is 
what's that about 50 seconds slower than marathon pace i can i can pick that pick it up to about that if i wanted to go sub six minute miles it's not a shoe for that there's you know there it's quite a it feels a bit it feels quite like a a bit of a it's a workhorse it's quite sluggish and it's definitely not a racing snake so um Is it not so a yeah. a bold, it's a bit of a bold statement saying it's gonna you know stop your injuries from forming or is that like reduce your injuries or is it just in the feet or do you know i i actually i should probably have read that before i came on here and talked about it but i i i know that that's their that's their their objective with this i i couldn't yeah. tell you all i could say is i touch wood i'm i've run 100 miles on them over about three weeks and i'm i'm not i'm not injured so um We'll see. I, I would. I. I think it's a neutral shoe. I should have led with that. I. I think it's. Honestly, I think it's the type of shoe. If you were running neutral shoes, you could pick this up, throw it on, and you would have a. It'd be. It would be an easy go-to for your easy runs. The only thing I would say is it's not the cheapest. Sounds, like sounds like an ultra shoe. <laughs> Do you know? What? It's not that dissimilar to. I mean, it, it's got a bit of a rock to it, which is weird. But I don't find it that dissimilar to a Clifton, the Hoka shoe. Really? I'm thinking Hoka a bit firmer. Like a Hoka type shoe. Hmm. So what's the difference between that shoe and your your turbo then? What what would you? So the, it's a bit heavier than the turbo, and the turbo and the Pegasus generally have a I find have a bit more pop. I think that's I know the new Pegasus, the thirty seven, is going to have a React foam in it. I think the the maybe it's because it's got the AirPod in it, the the Pegasus thirty five thirty six. That maybe that's what gives it the pop that the that the the Infinity Run doesn't have. I mean the Infinity Run, as I say, if you want to, if I'm end of an easy run i want to pick up for a mile and sort of have a bit of a burn up that's really it just feels like you're you're not really the shoe's not helping you there you're kind of you're having to do all the work yourself and you know you know you've got quite a soft shoe it feels like you're almost like it's not responsive enough for you you're, you're almost like losing yeah. some energy in it so that that would be where the main difference is the the, the pegasus turbo is you know zoom x is a fantastic form and, and react is is very good but it's not I don't think it's quite there, and I, I'm interested to try the Pegasus 37 actually because it's got some, re, it's got React in it, but I think it's got an AirPod, so maybe that will help give it the zip that it needs. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, as I say, 100 miles in. I wore them this morning. I'll be wearing them again tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, for an easy run. It's, if I'm running easy, it's, it's a go-to. I've done a 20-mile run in them. I've done a 30-minute run in them. I've done, you know, I've really, I've taken it through its pace. I've tried to pick up to do a fast mile, and it didn't really. I didn't really enjoy that. So yeah, I think yeah, I've kind of got a good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exciting! Well, I've got myself a, a Pegasus Turbo too on on order. Oh, so nice. I think they arrive in the eighth. Hopefully before that. So. I'll, Excellent. Uh, I'll I look forward to hearing your recap. So, oh. as per the active route mix, uh, I'm going to write. I'll write out my thoughts on this just to get it on the website. Um, just I know some people prefer to read reviews rather than listen to them. So. Yeah, we'll get. I'll get something up. But I think I would give it a review. I would give it a recommendation if you're a neutral runner looking for an easy run shoe, um, and a, something a, you can just put on and run forever. That this this one. Will nice. Do. That sounds like my type of shoe. Nice. <laughs> oh me. Well, as as promised, we've got a couple of fartlet questions. Uh, I don't think we're going to go through them all, but we'll go through three or four of them, and then we're going to. I've got fantastic looking nachos uh, all ready for me, so. I will. Uh, I'm going to start off with the, the the questions. So, so Tom, what's your favourite place to run? That's a tough one. I think the place that I've enjoyed running the most. And I've, you know, three times I've been out there and ran Chamonix. Ah, oh, Chamonix. Huh? Now, you know, I, I know I've not done the UTMB, but I've, 
you know, and I, I've been, I've been, I've run, run, you know, run from Chamonix itself every time I've been out there, both sides of the valley, and every time I go out, I've been. I mean, we went out for a week and did a week's worth of running from Chamonix, which was amazing. Last year we went out for the UTMB the other day uh, um, after the UTMB and just did a couple of small runs. But what a place to run! I mean, I, 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 I've just. Loved it, absolutely loved it, and I can only imagine what amazing trails you took on the UTMB. It must have been incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick local, Tom, and um, my favourite place to run, it's got to be the West Highland Way. And the reason I say that is, see that Highland fling, like running Kiss along ass. those trails. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was just amazing. Um, now, I it's funny that I can't say I've been there that many times. You know two or three times, that's not even that, uh, that I've ran along it. But see some of the places local where we live, it's, we are blessed with some fantastic oh, trails. You know, like, absolutely. Hill Affair, you were running along, like, the pictures that you were showing there. You've got the D side, you've got Glen Tanner, like, you've got, ah, oh, the trails are phenomenal. Clash and Darek, um, I've been running the forest trails there many a time, like, nice. doing ultra trail running, and it's just... Honestly, we're so lucky where we live in Scotland. Like anyone, any any listeners in Scotland, I'm sure you've got a fantastic trail nearby where you don't have to travel far, and you're in you're in just bliss, and you don't need to go abroad for some of these trails. But you're right, Chamonix was epic. Those trails there. You've got a mix of hilly trails. You've got a mixture of you know valley running as well. It's uh, it is the life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right, a short, this will be a short one then. Morning shuffle or evening saunter? I do like a morning shuffle, you know, get out of the way and uh, you, you, can, you can, you know, earn your beer after that, eh? What about nice. you? I'm with you. Morning shuffle, if I can get it done and out of the way, that I'm, I'm, I'm not, if, I'm some, if I've done a, a run in the morning, it's a drag to go out for a double and do a second run. I like to get ah, it done. Definitely. Who's your running hero? You know, I've been really, I've been throwing this one around a, a lot. In my, every time we do follow the question of the guest, I, I change around. And I've had periods when it's been, you know, I've had, a, I've had periods when it's been Hawk. Callum Hawkins is a, is a, a real inspiration. You know, I think, uh, I'm, Greg. Kyle Gregg, you know, honestly, it's, uh, uh, Kyle Gregg, uh, no, joking aside, Kyle Gregg at the UTMB inspired me hugely. Chris Richardson has been an inspiration to me. You know, Chris is a really good mate and someone who I've always, like, I've always been impressed with his work ethic, his, his training, how he gets his head down, he pulls it out on, a, on the big day. He, you know, we, he, he's not afraid to tell you his mind as well, which is, which is what you want out of a training mate. Um, Cameron Strachan, the way he's come back, you know, the other boys I train with, which are, you know, we've seen, uh, it's, it's really, it's a tough one. But at the moment, if I had to say where I'm at right now, who I'm really enjoying reading about, listening about, is Steve Jones. Steve Jones, nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I say I, I, I can't imagine there's a podcast or an interview with with Steve Jones that I've not listened to. I've been, I've just been through them all recently, and he's such a, he's such a humble guy. You know, he he doesn't. And something that Calm said when he was on the podcast about how Calm lets his legs do the talking. And I'm, I'm I get an impression Steve Jones was like that as well, and. He's uh he's he just calls he does he just gets his head, he got his head down and just trained hard and yeah uh real real I would say that's that's where I'm at right now. How about like you? It. It's got to be Don Ritchie, hands down. Nice. Yeah, a local hero. You know, he's um just 
in terms of the ultra running world, he's still one of the best ultra runners in the world that's ever lived. And, you know, he's obviously passed away now, but like the amount of world records that he held was unbelievable. And even even the, the one that sticks out hugely is the, the 100K record. That 100 kilometer record was six hours and 10 minutes, which is an average pace of under six minutes a mile for 100 that's kilometers. That's mental. Um, that is crazy, man. But I mean, he, that, that record lasted... That record lasted up until so he broke it in nineteen seventy eight, um, and it, it just got broken um, in twenty eighteen, a few days after he died. That's how many years is that? That's like forty years, isn't it? That's exactly forty years. Forty years that record's been held, that world record, and some of the other world records he's got the hundred miles world record, twenty four hours, fifty, just amazing, like. The guy's an absolute animal, and he's got a fantastic book, The Stubborn Scotsman. You, listeners, oh, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, bought it or read it, have a, you know, Google it and, and find it and buy it and get inspired because it's hugely inspiring. Um, just an absolute legend of the sport, um, in, in not only in Scottish athletics but also in global ultra marathon running as well. Good answer. So I'm very go. impressed with that. Good answer. Right, let's and, do uh, one more. Yeah. You favorite go. cake favorite cake or biscuit? Oh, it's gotta be my, my, my cake. There's nothing better than a birthday cake, Tom. Oh, I, the good answer. I, I could go I you know what I do? I go in the shop and I, I look for yellow stickers, you know, the, the reduced style and look for a birthday cake that was from fifteen pound to two pound. And if I see it, I'll buy it and I'll eat but it. But what do you look for in a birthday cake? Because a birthday cake is can be a you know, is it chocolate, is it is it sponge? Oh, the classic, is it, Classic, Tom. The classic. Like a Victoria's you know, nice box. Some, some uh, decorations on top just to make it look pretty. And so jam. jam to the middle? Oh, yeah. Jam and the butter icing in the middle. <laughs> and, oh, nice. It's just, but uh, that's that's the dream. That's a, a carb. You know, after an ultra mile, a, a good hard run, there's nothing better than, you know, jumping in a bit of birthday cake, even if it's not even a birthday. Nice. What about you, Tom? What's your favorite cake or biscuit? You know, I'm maybe this makes me a boring bastard, but do you know we talk about it with Ian? For me, I'm really all about a scone. Scone. Actually, let me recorrect. Let me recorrect that because in the last sort of year, I've made a big switch. Donut. I oh, honestly, donut. Oh, I, I, I a jam donut. I, I that is <laughs> that's amazing. It's a you know I'm a big fan of a jam donut, and uh, there's so many shit jam donuts, shit donuts kicking about. <laughs> it's really you got to be careful. Um, so yeah, that, that's. I would love. To, I actually tried making donuts recently, and they were terrible. So I'm going to stick to like, letting the pros take care of that. But yeah, scone or donut, either or, I would. I'm delighted to run for, but probably a, a, a jammy donut edges it. A jammy donut. Well, there you go, listeners. If you want to ever tease Tom into, you know, coming to a race or, 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 or just anything really, then send him a donut. What's your address, Tom? Do you want to reveal it? You might get a donut sent to your house. I, I'd, eh? I'd rather not. I'm happy if you want to <laughs> let me know. We can arrange for a collection at the race. <laughs> right. Well, finally, folks, runners. No, I was going to say runners rant. I don't think we've got one this week. We ran out of time anyway. TRS run of the week. It's an Ali easy Sutherland. one. Ali Sutherland is still going. So I've deciphered his Roman numerals. He's now on. It's Monday, the 1st of June. He is on run number 46. So this he's week he hits finish. the big fifty. 
He's going to be finished this week. So, Ali, if you're listening, we'll get this out hopefully so you can listen to this before you finish. Keep going, mate. We're very, very impressed. It's crazy what you're doing. And do you know what? I looked at some of his runs. He's not hanging, A, he's not hanging about. You know, he's shifting. I mean, he's running sub four hours for these marathons. But also, he's coming, he's covering like two and a half thousand feet. You know, he's, he's running up and around Benahee. He's not, I mean, he was almost yeah. at your house the other day. He's not, it's amazing. <laughs> he's not like, you know, he's not going up and down the D side line. So, and he's also wearing a pair of Nike Infinity runs. So, you know, I've got, a, I've got nothing but respect for you, Ali. Well done. There you go. Well, uh, you'll be pleased to know, listeners, I've uh, been speaking to Ali and he's going to be coming on the show next week. Oh, yes. Look at that. Excellent. Eh? So there you go. That's uh, another reason to keep listening to TRS, folks. He's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. I look forward to hearing that. That's great news. Yeah. So Is he Tom, stopping at 50, by the way? Just sorry to uh, digress. I think so. I think Surely. he's stopping at 50. And maybe just, why not? Crack on to 100. Just like oh, a God. TRS episode. Crack on, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's man. dangerous. Next thing you know, you'll, right. be at, you'll be at 200, mate. That's it. Well, do you want to round off the show, Tom, and we'll... Um, my, my yes. nachos are getting cold so. well thank you for joining us this week listeners uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us please do we love hearing from you we're tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com the website is www.tartanrunningshorts.com where you can find uh, you can now find some of our reviews so we're, we're excited to, to put some stuff up on there Facebook is at tartanrunningshorts Instagram is at tartanrunningshorts and our Twitter is at tartanshorts which is now back in action so please feel free to get in touch with us in any of those those uh, feeds Please vote for us in the, the National Podcast Awards. If you're buying some beers, go and buy some Windswept beers. They're uh, a great brewery that we're, we're really enjoying at the moment. And, and yeah, just have a great week of running. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, listeners, for listening to us and hope you continue to listen and hope you get some of those uh, socially distant runs in, uh, maybe even with a fellow friend or partner. Eh? Absolutely. Right. Thanks again. See you later. Bye.
morning shores. And that's a wrap.